Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm a little bit of a jokester. Okay, I'm a little bit of a prankster. Um, I try not to take, you know, things too seriously. What's the point? You know, life is short. So if you guys, uh, you know, saw on Mo's story, my story, uh, we were in Atlanta this last weekend, having a little bit of family time, fun time. Uh, and Mo was flying in and I was talking to my cousin. And I was like, I was like, hmm, like, you know, like, let's do something fun this weekend. Why not? You know, and I looked up concerts going on in Atlanta and I see that randomly that same night there was a there was an Ed Sheeran concert uh, with the supporting guest of Khalid. I love Khalid. Mo loves Khalid. I know very much. I know that she's seen him before, but I was like, oh, Mo loves Khalid. Um, and the tickets were only like twenty five dollars. And they had a, a whole row of tickets for me and my whole family. So we made we had the divine plan. You know, let's let's go. Let's go see Khalid. But I didn't tell Mo. So me and my cousin, we made up this whole little story of how my, my cousin is 18, by the way. He's a he's just graduated high school. He's a little boy. We made up a whole story of how he has a friend that he plays Valorant with online who is a, a supreme violinist, world renowned. <laughs> His name is Bri Bri. And he sold out Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. And and that's what I was running with. And I was like, hopefully Mo believes this. I don't know if she will. Because he was playing at Mercedes Benz, which is like 60,000 people. I was like, she's going to be she's gonna be real silly if she believes this one. But as I assumed, <laughs> Mo believed the whole story. She believed that my little cousin had, you know, a, a, a international superstar violinist. And Mo believed until we got to the stadium. Then you want to tell you us know, how you found no, out. No, it's just like I believed it because like he was he was very quick with it right like i'd ask him questions to like you know test him and stuff and he'd have a response right away like i asked him like oh who's like your backup singer yeah and he had like a made-up name like right away and i was like okay yeah, yeah he said he said he said what like muhammad wazowski he just made up a muhammad name. and mo's like oh that, ma- <laughs> that, <laughs> that makes sense, sense. I've, I've heard of him and then like we were in the car trying to go to the stadium and then I, there was, like, like, this huge rush, right? There's a lot of traffic. We couldn't get into the parking lot for, like, 30, 40 minutes. And I was like, this is a little sus for, for an 18-year-old violinist, you know? So I was like, this is... And then when we got into the parking lot, the parking lot, it was $70 per car. And I was like, who's paying this much money for his friend? And yeah. then, And then what really got to me was when, like, we were going inside of the stadium and there was, like, a lot of people and they were selling Ed Sheeran shirts. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Why are they selling Ed Sheeran t-shirts outside of the stadium? Yeah, and then still we finally we finally got in. And I was like, hmm, something seems off. Right before we got in the stadium, she she realized. So Priyanka, I have a question for you. Um, are you gullible? Are you a gullible <laughs> person? Do you believe in things more often than you should, or are, do you have a good like sense of like, nah, this this not real? I think I'm gullible for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Would you have fell for the story? Would you have fell for the story that my 18 year old cousin has a $60,000, 60,000 person venue sold out? I would have, 
I would have definitely fallen for the story. Yeah. I don't know if I would have moved yeah. ass for it, though. I would have been like, great. Like, I don't know if I want to go still. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just like, why would you why would you why would you lie? You know, like in my head, it's like I'm with family. I'm safe. For why the would funsies, they lie to me? You know, more of the story. If, if any of you ever, ever wanted to play a play a prank on Mo, yeah. it's probably going to work. OK, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably going to work. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for coming back to our podcast, our beautiful podcast, Difficultish, Difficultish, hosted by myself, Mashnoon, and my co-host, Mahuakan. So today we got something very exciting, right? So today we got Priyanka from Gulfi Beauty. If you haven't heard of Gulfi Beauty, Beauty, what is the issue? What is the problem? She is she is a South Asian founder of. One of the first ever South Asian makeup brands that was put into Sephora actually pretty recently. Last year in 2022, they're the first ever South Asian makeup brand to be put on the shelves, which is wild. Like, that's a huge celebration like on its Sa- own. Like, like the mall Sephora? Like, like the, like like the, the, like the Sephora, store. Sephora? Like the store Sephora. Like, I know y'all know. Like, when you walk like, in, I, you need a little... That's crazy. You need a little, like, your little eye, eyeliner, you know, pickup. And then right. you walk in and then you right. see a little I South do. Asian brand. That's crazy. Some eyeshadow. But anyway, today we have Some Priyanka. Foundation. Enough! <laughs> All right, sorry. sorry. Today That's we have Priyanka and I'm really excited to welcome her on the pod because we've been trying to get it for get her on forever. And I remember when I first got introduced to Goofy, which is pretty recently, I think like last year. And from then on, I feel like goofy beauty and the way that you've brought up the brand has just like expeditiously just like grown faster and faster which is always such a blessing but i know mm-hmm. it can be so hard to do that from like the ground up especially as like a new business owner and um you know she first started out with the gajals just like the the black gajal that a lot of south gajals. asian people middle eastern people are known for like the eyeliner or the coal and now she's expanded into like concealers and eye pigments and so many different things. So I'm just like so proud to see that representation and just so proud to have, you know, someone like you on the pod. But I'd love for you to like introduce yourself and just, you know, talk about you. Thank you for that intro. Um, I am Priyanka. I'm the founder of Kofi. Kofi makes fun makeup and beauty products that are inspired by my South Asian heritage. Um, And I think, um, you know, it's so interesting you say that we're the first South Asian inspired makeup brand at Sephora and it's taken so long. And I I think people are like, didn't anyone else have the idea before? I'm like, for sure people had this idea. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's like, (laughs) it's like anything uh, like rocket science to know that there's so many of us and there hasn't been a brand brought to life. I think what had been missing for so long is... Um, just the ecosystem recognizing that they needed to create a brand for us and like mm-hmm. give us space, give us um, give us like a room at the table or like a seat at the table and almost mm-hmm. us demanding because I think there's part of it was like brand like these retailers and these spaces being open to us, but also us demanding and creating products that are for us so Mm -hmm. really excited to be part of this cohort of brands that are coming up not just in beauty but food and you know art like just all of us kind of building that space which is yeah very exciting 
Yeah, it's wild that it took, like what you said, 2022, it took us so long to have that type of brand. And obviously, like, in the past few years, we've had, like, makeup brands and other brands come out with more inclusive shades and darker shades and things like that. But we haven't had, like, a South Asian owner be the person to come out with those shades and i think a lot of us are just so used to like especially like pocs and south asians we're so used to like having i guess like the bare minimum where we're kind of like we're expected to be grateful for that where we don't even like think to ask for things specifically for us because we're like all right but we have like the darker a little bit darker skin tone like even though if it's not perfect even though it's not exactly me like at least we have something you know but we don't realize that like that shouldn't be the the norm you know we shouldn't just accept like little representation just because we have some you know we should ask for more and that doesn't make us annoying or too much so uh, it's just it's just so crazy that it happened you know so late but you know better late than never it's it's, it had to happen and i'm glad that it it was you kind of reminds me of how like you know growing up i know we've talked about this before where like you know we've seen like characters in media or you know different actors or actresses in like movies and tv shows uh, who play like stereotypical roles who play like things that you know we were so happy to see back then but you know we get older and we see that we realize that's like we want we want to see more than just like brown people playing stereotypical roles like we want to see just like a normal brown person in like a normal tv show in a normal Mm -hmm. movie yeah and you know that's why i think it's it's so important to bring our own you know seat into the table kind of like how Kofi is doing instead of just like trying to conform trying to you know fit in in somewhere where they may not be accepted trying to kind of like build their own empire build their own ecosystem for people that look like us to to support it I I 100% agree and I think what's interesting is also um this idea of like moving away from the stereotypes because there isn't like a single identity right south asian can be Mm -hmm. so many different things so many different modes and i i think like people think that you know when i first started talking to people about this concept or this idea like i used to work in the beauty industry so i was talking to beauty executives and they'd be like oh is it ayurveda or like you know specific ingredients like i found some exotic ingredient from india that i want to put (laughs) But which is totally fine too. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not a direction you can go in. There's just like a few things that people came, that came to people's mind. Or is it like Bollywood? Like that's what they knew. Or is it wedding makeup? Like there were like a few <laughs> things that they thought the our brand was gonna be. And I was like, no, it's really about like you know product that's designed for our undertones and skin tones, which haven't really been studied by other brands, but also a brand that reflects our lifestyle. And that doesn't mean that it's one way or the other it's like this is the specific like iteration of South Asian you need to be it's just like you find some connection maybe in the colors maybe in the fact that you love kofi and you ate it growing up which is my personal connection with the word kofi um and just like in one of our campaigns maybe a model looks like someone you can relate to I think it's just finding space and kind of taking those products and incorporating it into your own lifestyle rather than Mm -hmm. me saying there's a specific beauty ideal or a beauty look that I'm trying to emulate or an ingredient that I'm specifically trying to highlight from the region so I think like Mm -hmm. I it was so hard to explain that because (laughs) especially if you're not from the culture they're kind of like what do you mean and um it's been nice to kind of bring it to life and have the audience respond to it because that's much easier to explain than yeah 
this kind of concept which is like we don't want to be a single definition or a stereotype yeah that's that's what i really like i know we're going to talk about it in um like the middle part of the episode about like your brand messaging and how you bring this representation but i wanted to say like a little bit early on how you are kind of redefining or like reframing what it means to be south asian because again we're so used to like the stereotypes of what brown people are perceived as and we are so used to just seeing that and we're kind of like all right at least we have something for us and even though it's not that positive at least we see ourselves on tv or whatever it is and so many people um that aren't brown see us as those stereotypes but here you are you know making a brand that don't really have like you know turmeric or like you know things that people know us as but it's still representing brown people and it's allowing us to talking about talk about our own unique experiences and stories and you know just like just redefine what it means to be brown and i really i really appreciate that because it's like you're not feeding into what other people have been telling us and what other people see us as and you know you're just like recreating it for yourself yeah i think what i've i feel like what i'm trying to do is to build that platform right at the end of the day like it's you know when we share i know you you've done some content for us in the past and when you share your story it's like that's what i want to create is like a space where people can use our products and we can have a platform we used to have a blog kofi bites that's actually how we started um mm-hmm. where we would have different people write stories about like their specific experiences and I think it kind of was to bring in that nuanced intersectional experience that doesn't doesn't show up in the mainstream. And so now that we've kind of like transitioned that to TikTok and Instagram, that's really the kind of content we strive to do. And I don't think we're doing enough. Like I, I, I feel like we could do so much more, but again, we're one brand and there's so many of us. So it's just, you know, we're, we're going to continue to push for that narrative that can give space to those more nuanced narratives. I think you're doing a lot like as a small business owner I feel like I'm learning from you so much learning from you like like I was literally telling Mashoon's sister the other day I was telling her how like a lot of us feel like we have to have our whole life together and you know I have to be successful with my business (laughs) at like 20 and you're here you are like killing it in your business and I'm sure you've like filled a lot in your in your creative and professional journey and it doesn't feel like it's it's like I have to have everything figured out because you just started you're still like you just got into Sephora and you're still doing all these things but it's not like you know it, it like I'm sure you've had your your roadblocks earlier on like you've worked at your Estee Lauder you've worked at Ipsy like you've had like your your previous experiences and I feel like a lot of people just think like oh I'm gonna have my first job I'm gonna make a hundred million dollars a year and I'm gonna be successful and I'm gonna do this and that whereas like it's normal to make mistakes and it's normal to learn and stuff like that you know I've had, I'm starting to have this perspective that you can think of your career in these long tenure sort of like periods where mm-hmm. it's not like tomorrow I'm going to be successful and you know whatever but you, yeah. you're moving in that direction and you're learning and as long as you're engaged every day um, I know this is not a career podcast but I, I love talking about that because it's something that I didn't have like the guidance that I didn't have growing up was just even how to think about your career yeah you start your first job and you want to like you're immediately like, why am I not like as successful as X, Y, Z? And, you know, it doesn't even matter because you might not even enjoy whatever X, Y, Z is doing. So what's the point? I think that would be 
a cool place for us to start is just, you know, I would love to hear a little bit about just your upbringing, you know, kind of where your initial interest in potentially creating um, Goofy came from, you know, some of the preconceptions of it and, and what led you to want to start building, you know, something like what you have now. Yeah, I grew up in Delhi in India um, and I was living in Delhi till I was 18 and I never wore makeup. And in fact, makeup was something that was looked down upon within my specific community mm-hmm. like if you wore makeup it was like you were trying to attract attention I remember wearing kajal in 10th grade that I sneaked from my mom's like uh makeup bag and then I got scolded like, when I came back from school my mom like scolded me which you know it was just seen as like a you're going off the path that yeah for you yeah. um and um so that was kind of like the baggage that makeup came with and also there was this person you know again like with the imagery we saw it was like Bollywood and there was always like this ideal of like lighter skin straight hair that you're trying to meet and that's who you need to be to be to be able to even participate in makeup um and that that was kind of all of the growing perceptions I had growing up with makeup and then um I went to Singapore to study and then I went and started my first job. And my first job, I had this thing where they were like, you need to wear makeup to look professional. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Such that a was, big culture that was shock. Kind of, I know. Uh, but also like a weird requirement, right? So I, so I went to a makeup counter and then I remember distinctly that they sold me all these products. They were like, you need to make your nose look smaller. You need to make your lips look bigger. And conceal these dark circles and all these things and I was like crying by the end of it like because I just felt just like so shitty about myself yeah and so that was my like that was like my early experiences with makeup and like my early 20s and so it was definitely not something I imagined I would be owning and starting Mm -hmm. a makeup brand like (laughs) absolutely not uh, but then somehow I, I started working in the industry because uh, I, my first job at Estee Lauder, I used to work in strategy. And so I kind of transitioned to that. Um, and um, not from a point of view of like, I was interested in makeup, but I just love like, you know, the industry, the beauty industry, the consumer goods industry. And that's when I started like actually playing around with makeup by myself you know, in my late 20s and kind of having this like moment of like aha moment of like, this is just fun. You know, it's Mm -hmm. glittery eyeshadow. Like we don't have to take it so seriously. It doesn't have to come with all this judgment. And I'm like, why did it take me so long to discover that? And that was really kind of the spark, I think, for Kofi was creating products and just having fun with makeup. That's that's the why. Yeah, I feel like I feel like even when you that was what like a few years ago we haven't had like that representation in media where people like us wore just makeup like i don't know i feel like what i've seen on on media people that look like me or darker skinned people didn't have like fun makeup looks besides like bollywood or besides like you know extreme wedding looks like that so i feel like that was also what helped you transition but also you moving to another place helped you transition into that um like that new makeup era of your life but it's just so crazy how like you know you didn't wear makeup for so long so many years until your 20s and then now you have your like your own makeup brand like it's just (laughs) does that feel weird for you it feels super weird I still have people from my (laughs) high school and like even college to be honest were like this is not what I imagined yeah (laughs) 
oh my gosh yeah that's it's so because i feel like at least some people when they have like big dreams and they start accomplishing them at least they like have had an idea that they wanted to do that for years but like for you it just came out of nowhere so so when you started working at estee lauder and you started wearing makeup for the first time why did you feel like like there were gaps in the makeup industry what made you want to start this brand from scratch and also just like especially coming from a south asian family what was the reaction of you leaving a secure job like that a corporate job like that and then starting your own thing from scratch like were you still working in that job and you were working on coffee on the side or did you leave you know full-fledged like what was the whole process like so with Estee Lauder and at Ipsy, I think once I started playing around makeup, like I started enjoying it. I was watching a lot of YouTube, like, you know, this is YouTube era, like peak YouTube mm-hmm. era. Like I'm like consuming <laughs> all this content. And I think I kind of ran into the same issue that, you know, you talked about, which is that I didn't see anyone who was looking like me kind of doing yeah. like creative styles or brands that even spoke to us, you know, in a very like direct way. And then obviously I was like, you know, um, whenever I would go back to India, I'd have like my extended family. They knew I worked in in beauty. My friends kind of be like, buy me like the best concealer, the best whatever. And then I'm like trying to figure out from like 50 different brands, what are the what are the products I should bring? And I'm like, why is this such a nightmare experience for everyone who is our skin yeah. tone? And so that's kind of where the spark started of like, hey, there's clearly a huge opportunity and a gap because I feel it. I know people around me feel it. And um, that's something we can solve for. Um, And then I think my parents' reaction was interesting. I think uh, I had already started talking to them about like, I knew I wanted to do something of my own. I just did not fit into the corporate mold, Um, like just the politics and just that was just not where I thrived, I feel. So I feel like I knew that I wanted to kind of start like doing my own thing. And so I had started talking to them about that in my late 20s already and they were like skeptical mm-hmm. um, and definitely a little bit like worried. Um, and so when I finally was like, no, I'm going to leave my job and leave and just start, they were supportive because they knew it was coming, right? I'd been talking about it for a while and they knew that was this was something that I wanted to do. Uh, but I think they were worried that I was doing it on my own. They were like, do you have a co-founder? Do you have like mm-hmm. any partner? And I was like, nope, it's just me. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. God. So they were... <laughs> they yeah, were, solo. <laughs> yeah, they were definitely freaked out. But um, I think it was nice to be in that like, kind of stage, like a little bit older, mm-hmm. to be able to convince them. And I had like saved some money from my job. And I was like, you know, I'm going to invest that. So I think that gave me gave them a little bit more confidence that she'll be okay mm-hmm. that's still so scary from like a parent's end to hear that their daughter is just like i'm gonna start my own makeup brand i'm quitting my job you know? yeah they actually recently someone was uh my mom told me because my parents are still in delhi right so someone had saw a kulpi video on facebook or something and then oh, they wow they like shared it and they were like oh she went to all these like schools and did because i studied engineering like computer Uh science like good 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 kid (laughs) uh she did all of that i got ba and now she sells makeup like in a very sort of like (laughs) they're always like that they always have something to say i think it's like super amazing how you went from just like idea and conception into like not just like 
thinking about starting a makeup brand you know you you went and you did it and you like you said like you started it alone you started you like bootstrapped it from your own bank account and like we see where it is now and we see just how popular it's becoming yeah but i think you know with any sort of like entrepreneurial story it's really important to highlight what some of like the early months look like what some of the early roadblocks and early setbacks look like so i would love to hear what were some of kind of your challenges through you know whether it be today whether it be from day one throughout the whole process um whether it's customer facing um family facing what were some of uh, the struggles that you've had to kind of work through and figure out with with building um kulfi mm-hmm. definitely a lot of struggles which again i'm sure you both will relate to yeah. every every day there's like a new fire that shows <laughs> starts burning yeah. and you're like what <laughs> like Oh, that's like, so true reality tv show because every day i have some new drama that i did not expect keeping up yeah. with priyanka that's what keeps it entertaining <laughs> yeah keeping, <laughs> keeping yeah, up with Kofi. or gives you ptsd i don't know i don't know <laughs> but, but, but i um i mean you know i in 2019 is when i left my job and i was like i'm gonna have this brand up and running by the end of 2019 <laughs> Definitely did not have that because I was still doing like research and all of these things. And I started building on the brand, started working on my product. 2020, we have uh, the famous uh, unfortunate pandemic happen. And then it was literally crickets. Like I had calls set up with investors. Nobody's returning calls. Mm -hmm. Like my vendor is like, I don't have any manpower in the lab. So we can't work on your product. Mm. So I just definitely, and I was like, at this point, like I like put in some money, but I knew that I didn't have like that much money. So I was just starting to be at a point where I was like, do I even continue down Mm -hmm. this path or should I just go and find a job? Because the world is uncertain nobody knows what's going on and it just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like the right moment um, that must have been very scary that was yeah. very scary I think I I yeah I've had like moments where I've not gotten out of bed like for like a week um and I that was one of them there's a few others but <laughs> that yeah. was definitely one of them where I was like I don't know if I can do this anymore you know yeah. uh, but I'm glad yeah. I kept going because I, I think one of the things you realize is that there is no perfect time to build a company there's always going to be something right you can always walk yourself out of it by mm-hmm. rationalizing something um so I can continue building I think the biggest challenge in the beginning was definitely uh and I mean it continues to be is like fund financing fundraising um but I was able to do a friends and family round and get some funding to get us to that launch moment which was with the kajals and we were able to kind of get some traction um so that was definitely a big big piece of it I think um finding my first employee (laughs) that was hard Mm -hmm. like you know convincing someone to join your crazy ideas is really hard to um and then through it all I think you mentioned loneliness I think that's something that's definitely come up a lot of times what's been helpful Mm -hmm. is building a community of other founders who are you know in the same same or similar space um and kind of talking to them on a regular basis but it's still a very lonely journey in some ways because you're you're sort of dealing with a lot of things on your own um yeah those are the ones that come up like more recently and I think there's also this perception unfortunately that if you're a South Asian brand I think people are surprised because only a third of our customer base is South Asian or identifies as South Asian and I think that's because they just assume that just because you're a South Asian brand only South Asian people will buy it and kind of I like get the limit same comment. you mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's really frustrating because then you have to do all this education, whereas like other brands that are not kind of speaking to a specific culture can just go in and like, you know, just see, be seen, seen as universal or like, you're not going to, I think I've kind of like talked about this as like, if it's a French brand, you're not going to be like, it's only for French people. Yeah. Like, of course, this French <laughs> brand is for everyone, you know? And yeah. so why is like a South Asian brand not for everyone? Why, you know, it's so it's kind of like dealing with some of that perception and and sort of broadening the conversation, which is not to say like we as a brand will still obviously champion South Asian skin tones and undertones and create products for, for that community, but everyone can enjoy them, you know? And I think that's that's been a little bit hard, but overall I'm 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 like getting better at I think the key yeah. is just getting better at like dealing with things and and treating I, it as part of the process. Yeah. I, I always get the same comments too on my clothing and my art where it's like, oh, if if this is for South Asian people, like how are you inclusive if it doesn't include people outside of South Asia? When you know when we make our products, we are trying to represent a minority south asian people right specifically for them but that doesn't mean that everyone else is also not included we're just trying to bring more awareness and representation to a group that isn't and i feel like sometimes when we are you know when it's some a minority group or a woman founder a poc woman founder a lot of people try to bring them down by saying like oh you do this but that means that this you know you don't include us but you know that's not true so it's like you know, at the end of the day, like a lot of people, you can't please everyone. A lot of people will always, not a lot, but like a small percentage of people will try to bring you down because they see how much you've built, but you just kind of have to like tune them out because it's like, you know, for the most part, a lot of the white people are saying that. And also like they have makeup brands made for them. Like they've had that since the beginning of time. They have clothing since the beginning of time made for them. So it's like, you can wear that, but also you can wear our clothing, just celebrate our culture. It doesn't mean that, like, our stuff is just for brown people. It just means we're highlighting them more, you know? So that comment is, is always so funny to me. But um, something that I love that's so inspirational is the fact that Goofy started out, like, you started packing orders in your apartment, right? And now you have, like, your own, like, place, that, like, studio or, or warehouse that you pack orders out of. Yeah. Your Sephora it's just so inspirational and i would love to just Mm -hmm. like talk about your your brand messaging because something that i love about goofy beauties um like social media pages on instagram and tiktok is that like a lot of the the posts that you have are are specific experiences that are told by asians like east asians south asians southeast asians whatever it is specific unique experiences that we don't usually see on the forefront and I think brands are doing that nowadays, but I think there are also a lot of other brands that I, that just go the route of just like normal people just putting on makeup and, you know, the hi- the stories aren't highlighted. It's just them applying makeup. But something that I really love about Goofy is that like the stories, the experiences are intertwined with the makeup products and it feels like the people are like at the forefront next to the products and like their stories are also important you know so i'd love for you to like talk about that like why did you guys decide to go into that route instead of just like oh here's my product and let me just sell it you know yeah uh, i mean firstly yes like i was i think 
maybe 12 months, a little less, more than 12 months ago, I was packing orders from my apartment in New York. I still have my crazy. trusty Rolo, Rolo printer. Yeah, it's I really have that. Still the of <laughs> time printing, stripping labels. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good experience to have. I do think at some point, like you should kind of transition because ultimately like your value add, I mean, as an entrepreneur is is probably not going to be impacting orders, uh, mm-hmm. but it definitely felt like a great like moment. Like I've arrived, I have a warehouse now, you know, yeah. so that's, that's, that was a special moment. Uh, but coming back to your question around like content strategy, honestly, that it just felt so organic. Like it wasn't uh, something that I had like, build a plan around it was we you know I was telling you about coffee bites and sort of this blog we started with and the blog came out of the pandemic when I had nothing else to do my lab wasn't working nobody was staying called so I was like okay what do we do and it was like let's tell stories of people and build that community and so that's kind of how we we had like almost a year where we were just building that blog telling stories and that has carried forward to our social channels and we always want to like talk about those stories because that's what we feel is missing you know I I've kind of like thought of it as like yes we have a product gap you know shades for our skin tones undertones that really pop like the purple blush which has had such a great moment um mm-hmm. shameless product plug and then uh we have this emotional gap and I feel like that's kind of what I I feel like I want to try to address is not just the product gap but the emotional gap of yeah feeling included feeling like this is for you seeing your story represented in some yeah. real form so yeah it's just part of the brand dna um and i think what the challenge is always trying to find that continually finding like new narratives new and upcoming creators that we work with i think um i love that because we sometimes some of the creators we work with are this we're the first beauty brand that's ever reached out to them and i know other beauty brands are watching us because then they get like (laughs) other beauty brands reach out to them which is great like i love that but i also love that we're kind of always looking out for that new and upcoming like creator and story that hasn't Mm -hmm. been told before yeah what what i really like about um the social media platforms is first that you know, the colors are so eccentric on your page where because I feel like a lot of us were told growing up like, oh, if you're darker, don't wear bright colors because it's going to like, you know, make you look darker or don't wear this color because, you know, this and that. So many weird stereotypes and things that we grew up with that really impact us negatively. But now, you're again, like you're redefining what it means to be South Asian and you're kind of like, no, we can wear bright colors and it can look good on us because like, you know, something that I really dealt with that I talked about in another episode is that like I didn't have a foundation or anything that fit my undertone where like even if I had something close I was like all right that's that's good enough I guess and I'll take like water and I'll like put it like on my face to kind of dilute it but you know you you still don't feel good with that it doesn't match at all and I shameless not even shameless plug but plug I use the the mango drop <laughs> concealer every day. I use the Mandy um yeah. Mandy what is it Mandy moment? Yeah, um blush every day. Nice. Concealer and blush nice. moment. It's it's so pigmented on darker skin tones and just brown skin tones and it's just something that we've never had and I really appreciate that. And also second, um 
what I really like about the direction, even if it wasn't intentional on your end, about just bringing all these experiences to the forefront instead of the product. I feel like a lot of us are are just so sick and tired of like influencer culture and just like people just promoting products without really like any meaning behind it. You know, we're so over over consumption and just like buying stuff and just it's the same thing over and over. But at least with your brand, there's actual meaning behind it. There's actual representation behind it. There's stories behind it. And it doesn't feel like it's just another thing that gets lost in the feed. You know, there's actual purpose behind it. So I think that is like such a big um, cultural shift now because we're just over that whole like influencer selling stuff wave, you know. So that's what I also feel like really brought you guys to the success that you have now because you know, it's just like fresh, you know. I think a lot about we we had an episode with with uh, Nuhash Humayam, who's the director of a film called Moshiri that got a lot of like prestigious awards around the country. And he said something like towards like the end of the episode I really liked. He said like, you know, all this representation stuff is really important and it's vital and, and we need it. But at the end of the day, as long as you're making a really high quality product whether it's a song or a painting or a makeup brand, whatever it is, as long as you're doing it really, really well and at a very high level, that's the secret sauce and people are going to catch on. I feel like that's kind of what you guys are doing to where, of course, you're bringing the representation to the South Asian community, but you're also just building a really high quality brand and company that regardless of all of this representation stuff, you know, it's a competitor for the, the major companies it's a it's a competitor for you know a spot at the shelf at Sephora you know and that's why so many people that look like us and that don't look like us look like us are going to gravitate towards it because it's different it's unique you know the founder looks different the founder sounds different and it's available for anybody's use and it's just done super duper well mm-hmm. yeah I, I think on that point I think this is really important too because I think when I was starting out, people would compare us immediately to like other South Asian owned brands and like, what do you think of this competition? Or like, you know, we already have this brand that exists. Like, why do you need to exist? And I think Mm. you kind of have to like step out of that frame. And it's very easy to kind of get lost in it. Like, you know, I I did as well because you, that's what everyone is telling you. We have to kind of step out of the frame and be like, you know, I'm just going to go for excellence, right? Like kind of what you're saying, like build the best product, build the best movie, podcast, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's going to attract people. And my competition is, you know, in a way it's just, it's just going to attract people. And in a way, like the audience and the community and my customer is what matters. It doesn't matter like how people start comparing us, you know, ultimately like, my competition is the big corpus of the world that are not really addressing our customer need. And mm-hmm. if there are other brands that are trying to serve it in a different way, they're welcome because I think we're all kind of building that audience and building that change together. Uh, but that's not easy. To, it's easy to kind of, you know, say that. And now I think again, now that we we've had some traction and success, it's been easier to kind of like incorporate that, but that's something that can get you down pretty quickly. If everyone around you is telling you like, Oh, but, you know, this other brand is already doing what you're doing or whatever it is. You know, people people can like try to like bring you down by comparing you, um, especially as a small com- like company starting up. Yeah. It's interesting because only only the, the POC creators are getting told that. But, yep. you know, there are yep, so many exactly. white creators <laughs> like, that come out with the same brand. How many minimalists like 
But, you know, how many of these brands exist? Like, nobody's yeah. telling them they cannot have mm-hmm. another iteration of whatever. But, like, why am I being told this, that there isn't mm-hmm. space for you? And there's this, like, uh, mentality of scarcity where there really doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. They just try exactly. to scare you into fear. They try to scare you into not, you know, even getting into that space because they're threatened. And it's also, like, they, they expect us to kind of just be boxed in forever like Mm -hmm. they i remember when i first started seeing like south asian figures in places that i hadn't seen them before and even i had like a like a wow moment like wow like this is different but like you know and i feel like everybody kind of goes through that but we're all slowly shifting towards like you know we should just be seeing everybody everywhere you know it shouldn't be like oh this is this place is meant for these people or this place is meant for these people it's like why can't we all just like live in harmony and i think like pocs gravitate towards that idea a bit quicker than non-pocs but as long as like we're all kind of getting used to seeing more of just everybody anywhere um you know that's just gonna make a happier world. I'm I'm waiting for a for a Kulfi Beauty Times Square billboard. Fingers crossed, manifesting for, it for, for that. Yeah. So I'm so, gonna be on it. So, <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> making it. Yo, before before we move on, before we move on, I have a confession to make. Uh, um, I if I'm being honest, I I just found out what Kajal is like <laughs> a year ago. Like I like I I've heard people say Kajal a lot. And my entire life, I thought people were just talking about like the actress. And, <laughs> the and actress. I, I had, I really had no idea that Gajol was Gajol. I don't know why. Nobody ever just sat me down. Your was car like, oh, is named Gajol, though. Yeah, my ca- my car is named after the actress. It's <laughs> not named after no eyeliner. <laughs> but I just found out what Gajol is. At least um, now you before know. Before I move on, I just I I needed to take get that off my chest. I'm sorry. I'm inexperienced (laughs) (laughs) so something that i am so interested in that i'd love to talk about just because i feel like it's so inspiring to hear also as a business owner and to see how other people operate is just like the creative process behind cool fee and just like product product creation product management just how in advance are things planned and made and things like that so i'd love to know like like the behind the scenes of of I guess like a campaign and when a new product comes out like how far in advance do you start planning it like what goes into the planning you know what goes into like I don't know sourcing chemicals like I don't even know what that means but you know what I'm trying to say right (laughs) I think to just add on a little bit to that I would just love to hear like how you've gone about like learning about all of this stuff Mm because I think we see so many people like execute these ideas but I think just as important as the execution is it's learning you know marketing it's learning branding it's it's learning and studying all these things so i would love to know a little bit more about just how you've come up with these ideas apart from Mm -hmm. you know delivering upon them yeah also by the way i know on tiktok you have been (laughs) you sorry you have been um putting up like those behind the scenes clips and like what the the packaging look like in the initial stage i've been loving like those videos i feel like it's so helpful for people like us yeah i want to do more of those um because really i think the key is and i'm I know at the risk of sounding really cliche it is learning by doing um mm-hmm. when i i i obviously worked in the beauty industry like 
And I had some um, contacts in terms of manufacturers, because when I was at Ipsy, we were doing some private label manufacturing. And so that's really how I, and I've gone to like trade shows, trade shows kind of where you find your, you know, manufacturing partners. And so I had like a little bit of an idea of kind of how that world operated. Uh, but that was it. Really. <laughs> so I knew, I knew someone who could potentially make kajals and then I left my job. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's enough. Big leap. That's, That's enough. enough. We're good. <laughs> so, but I think everything else was really a test and learn process. Like, you know, in, I started working on the concealers in 2019 and we launched them finally in 2022. So it took, wow. what is that? Like three years. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think we've mm-hmm. definitely gotten better at it. I think now we're kind of like a two year timeline and we have a little bit more of a playbook <laughs> of <laughs> how to go about it. But the first, first concept and first even the first campaign I think it was really a labor of love I mean all of them continue to be but I feel like the first product first campaign really started out as just being like I just want to create this beautiful thing and I'm really passionate about it and now we have a bit more of a playbook of understanding how to how we work as a team I do think the key is also just finding right the right people uh you know we work with Badal Patel who's our creative designer she's done everything from our logo to our colors and she's amazing and I think I got really lucky finding her and, you know, being able to leverage her energy. And then my product developer is, um, uh, she used to be my in my team at Ipsy. She ended up being our number one, like, wow. first employee. I've managed to convince her yeah, to leave her, her job. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she, ha- she is honestly the, like, super product expert and I get to take credit for all of their work but it's really about like <laughs> building and finding these people who are Niha who does our social right like I'm sure you you've chatted with her before mm-hmm. she's absolutely incredible at social the way we started yeah. we found her was because she did some freelance content for Kofi and I just loved how creative she was but at the same time so like such a great like energy and so personal and um we we got her to be part of the team so I guess what I'm saying is a lot of it is also just building the right people around you because me as a single person I don't know everything right like I can try to figure it out but I don't I'm not going to be the best designer for sure or I'm not going to I don't actually know how to make social media content as good as Niha does Mm -hmm. but having finding these right people and then creating an environment in which they could all ideate and create things is really important um Mm -hmm. But sometimes you just have to like do it. Like I still go in and edit stuff. Like mm-hmm. I still upload like graphics on our Shopify site. Like I was answering customer service emails when we were, when we started out and people are really angry at customer service. I don't know what, what's up with that. <laughs> I feel you know, that. You kind of, yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I guess like the timeline is pretty long. It's really kind of, you just jump into it and then you figure out either you do it yourself or you find a contact from someone in your network or you find people who just do it better than you and Mm -hmm. that's the best because then you don't have to do it (laughs) yeah no I think something that's really interesting is like I grew up like not wanting to ask people for help like I'm the type of person like you know I'm the firstborn daughter like I just did everything by myself so it's very hard for me to like accept help and like ask others to help me and it wasn't until recently where I'm like, oh, you know, I might, this might, you know, succeed a little bit more if we got help in this aspect or whatever. Like, we just got our first ever intern 
not even a year ago so it's just like it helps so much when you accept that help and ask for it but sometimes we're just like so stubborn so we just don't want to do that and we try doing everything at once um so i love that you said that i think um something else that i'd love to hear from your end just because you know i am currently doing everything by myself um for my business is just like the creative process behind it so like for example you guys just came out with the the um eye pigment so like what's the first step do you think about like the product they want to come out with do you think about the colors the names like like where do you start usually you know the inspiration behind it i guess yeah i think i want to say it's a, it was a very scientific process but it really wasn't mm. <laughs> it was it was me being like i used to be really intimidated by eyeshadow it was like the hardest makeup product for me mm. and i used to always again like i said youtube era cut crease makeup yeah I you know what that. i'm talking about <laughs> i was like how the hell do you do that stuff like i yeah. i was like i'm not eyeshadow won't look good at me good on me so i was really intimidated by eyeshadow so i knew i wanted to create an eyeshadow that would make it easy would be super approachable and have the quality of like a pat mcgrath palette which you know has these beautiful pigments but be really easy and approachable so you don't feel like you need to be like a makeup artist to use it and so that mm -hmm. was the idea behind the eyeshadow and then um then you know obviously I worked with Caitlin who's our product development director and we kind of like figured out like what do we want it to be texturally basically kind of describing everything we want the product to be and started thinking about the shades we want to be we want it to be in and then she worked with our lab to kind of start building a formula that made sense and as we were kind of building that out I was working with Battle on like, okay, what do we want to call this like product? What is the creative direction? And she was the one who kind of came up with the concept of Zuri. And so it was really like a, it's a team effort, right? Like I start with like, you know, in this case, it was my idea, but it, for the product, but like the Zuri and kind of like, kind of that storytelling came from Battle, the actual product and like how amazing it is came from Caitlin. And then um, mm -hmm. you saw, we did like a Kofi era campaign, um for the for our social media activation that was Niha's idea she came up with it she ran with it and she she we had like a lot of community submissions around Kofiera um where we asked people to create looks with the eyeshadow at launch and submit mm. them so that's kind of really what the process is uh, in some cases actually the Kajal for example came out of uh, focus groups so I had been doing a lot of like interviews of people just like randomly meeting people on Facebook um, or you know and me messaging people on Facebook and meeting them and asking them what was in their makeup bag what was missing and they were the ones who kept bringing up kajal and being like my mom had that kajal that I like never use or I hate it or mm -hmm. <laughs> you know whatever and then that yeah. I was like I started being like seeing a pattern where a lot of us had kajal but we weren't feeling like it was for us, even though we're all, we all use it or didn't feel passionate about it. And I was like, there is an opportunity to kind of reintroduce it or like mm -hmm. kind of update it. Um, so I guess it's a mix of like sort of personal inspiration, but also listening to what your customer is saying. Um, and sometimes you don't listen to your customer because we also did a focus group about the brand name and a lot of people hated it. They were like, oh, no. like you're, <laughs> you're no. opening like a sweet a shop restaurant. Or something. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm like <laughs> It's so cute. <laughs> so sometimes you ignore it. Ignore yeah. and just follow your instincts. So, <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I do that. <laughs> I think my last my last question is, um, why did it take so long for 
people to start making darker and inclusive shades like is there is it harder to make that in factories or in the labs because my friend works at a um, french sunscreen company and she said that when they try to make pigmented sunscreens that don't have a white cast that are made for people that have darker skin tones it's harder to make that because you know the chemicals like it's just harder to make a darker chemical i guess um so is that the same thing with makeup with like foundation or eyeshadow or things like that is it just harder to make there are specific products for sure where certain ingredients will make it harder like sunscreen i think zinc oxide is the one that is like very white and leaves that white cast and so some products are harder uh but i think a lot of it it just has to do with intention and like what's the Mm -hmm. messaging you're getting from the top because we've created some like you know like brands create all these new products all the time so clearly like there is money being spent on innovation there is money being spent on r&d uh some of my friends who own uh skincare brands that focus on melanin melanin rich skin say that a lot of skincare is not tested on you know people of color and so mm-hmm. when they're addressing concerns like hyperpigmentation it's not really for people of color and it doesn't really work for people of color because all of these products have been tested on panels that don't even recommend you know they don't even work for us and the same goes for drug testing I mean this is like a broader issue overall like your car seat is designed for like the average white male or whatever it is right so a lot of this translates into makeup as well in terms of um ingredients that have been tested um with a lot of shades like a lot of products there's a lot of white base white pigment that's used as a base with blush that's why it always looks gray and I just feel like if you have that intention to fix the problem, you'll figure it out. It, I don't think it's necessarily harder. It's just not been a priority. And they're like, okay, if, if 80% of the market is buying up whatever we're selling, we don't really care about mm-hmm. the rest. Yeah. Yeah. It's an opportunity, but it's also like a challenge because yes, you're always pushing these even I mean it it goes all the way down to like your manufacturer right the manufacturer we're working with we're always kind of like pushing them to do formulas in a different way and they're not used to it and we're our development process is longer because of it Mm -hmm. and uh, but I think it pays off so I'm like I always love hearing you know the journey and the story and the inspiration behind um, a South Asian business or a South Asian creative or whatever it is, because I feel like it makes me want to work harder. It makes me want to, you know, pivot in a different direction. And it just like re-energizes me. And I think it's so inspirational all the time when I hear stories like this, where you build something from the ground up for, you know, our people, for our audience. And it's just like, you know, there aren't as many people like us doing the same thing, but obviously things are getting a lot more better and we have like our friends and other creatives that are in the same realm and it's it's very lonely sometimes but it's it's so nice to hear you know that it's possible and that we just won't take no for an answer you know and we're still like taking the strides to make things better for us and the next generation and it's just so nice to hear I love it and I love that about your content I know a lot of it is like you know we imagining the future for ourselves we've been kind of told that this is what people like us do or look like or can achieve and you're almost kind of like kind of shattering that and kind of being like what can I do and it's hard right like 
nobody in my family <laughs> built a business before like mm -hmm. definitely not women and so it's just kind of like how do you how do you break out of what you've been told what is expected of you and manifest I know this is a very Gen Z term but it's true like how do you manifest <laughs> a future that you didn't see anyone around you live and then make it happen yeah yeah it's it's definitely so lonely but the the progress and like the end result is always so fulfilling and it's worth it so I'm I'm proud of all of us. You know, we're we're doing the thing that we just never yes. knew that it was possible for us, you know? Here you are with your own makeup brand when you never wore now makeup in your life. Now we're in Sephora. Yeah, now we're in Sephora. Now we're in Sephora. No more packing from the apartment. Just like that. So with our guest episodes, we always do a little rapid round, you know, silly, silly questions. Yeah. Rapid questions. Rapid questions. That's the first thing that comes to your head. Yeah, we ask a few questions. First thing, can't think about it too much. If you think about it longer for two seconds, then try again, you know? You're done. You're done. You're, You're done. done for. Eliminated. Eliminated. <laughs> so we got a few <laughs> questions. You want to start? First question. What's your favorite Kulfi flavor? Mango. Oh, yeah. mango drop. Here, yeah. that's I, my favorite concealer. I tend to agree. Yeah, that's his I favorite one. I tend to one. agree. I'll be honest. My favorite one Malai, is, Ma is, is, is close second. Pistachio. Oh, yeah. That's a close. Yeah. Yeah. Pistachio is <laughs> a good one. That's like number four. That's like fourth. Four, ah. fifth, maybe. <laughs> <That's dumb. laughs> Whatever. Um, mango kulfi with mango, like real mango. Oh, ooh, that that's a bad. thing. Yeah, with the like the yeah. little chunks, with the little chunks ooh. embedded into it. Yeah, ooh, give me that. that's a good one. You gotta I'll try. You gotta try. Um, kulfi flavored boba from Pio Chai in New York. Hmm. Uh -huh. Yeah. Check that out. All right. Our next question. Next question. Your favorite go-to Friday activity, like ideal Friday night for you? Oh my God, it is Netflix for sure. <laughs> like staying in, you're introvert? <laughs> I am introvert. an introvert, full on introvert. Good, like, embrace yeah. it. I no, am too. No partying? No, no Friday night partying? Nope. I, I was living a very different life in my 20s. Again, I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I've become the opposite. I used to travel so much and now I'm just uh -huh. like a homebody and I'm just like so happy. It's probably still in there, the Netflix. travel. Travel plan yeah, is still I mean, in there. A little bit, a little bit. They don't go away. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy. Yeah. At home. It's fine. Next question. What What is your favorite travel destination that you've been to? Oh my God, Tokyo. And why? Oof. Oh, Tokyo. That's a good one. Nice. Different. I think I think our, our last guest said Japan. I think he said Tokyo too. We had Ani who founded a Kokata Chai. Um I think he also said Tokyo. Something what like a fun that. place yeah. we got. Why go why on. do you like Tokyo? I just feel like you just feel immersed in the culture in a way that I feel mm. like a lot of cities are like homogenizing. I don't know if that's the right mm -hmm. word, but everything starts <laughs> feeling the same because you have the same yeah. stores and you have the same experiences and you know same shit going on and then Tokyo yeah. just like transported literally to Fresh. a different reality. And also I love the food. I'm a foodie. <laughs> so give me all the ramen, the yakitori, the mm, whatever, yeah, you know, like all curry. Like I'll do everything Japanese. So yep. Yes. We gotta go. We yes. gotta go. Train stations have great food, so train stations in Tokyo. I heard. I heard they really? got. I I heard they got like the the bidets in the public restrooms. Uh. <laughs> like it's very clean. And heated. Apparently. And heated. Thing, heated toilet seats. That's the first seats. thing she thinks. Heated about. toilet seats. That's what Farhan said. All right. Nice. Last. Last one. What's your favorite, like South Asian snack? Ooh. 
Wow, this one's going to take some, like, I'm like, oh, shit, I have so many <laughs> options. Um, this is going to be the new, the new Kulfi, Kulfi line. Two, <laughs> okay, Morocco. Morocco. What is that? What you is know that? Morocco? It's like that um, that? round thing that's fried. What's in it? Is, it, is like, there something in it? Puri? Um, no, it's not a puri. It's like a dry snack. Um, it's mm. rounded and spiced. <laughs> okay, I think I think I know what you're saying. No, is it like, is it like that size or is it like smaller? Is it you... can be different spot sizes, but typically it's like this size. I know, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I love those. What do you yeah, eat it with? Pick. You just eat it like just eat it yeah. by itself. No, it's just on a its snack. own. It's a snack. Those are fine. Yeah. I didn't know. I I'm pretty sure I'm thinking about the right thing. Yeah, those that's a good fun. one. I wonder um, what is when I was in Singapore. My my friend from college, her parents lived in Singapore. I mean, they were they were Singaporean. So anyway, I went to their house and they would always have fresh morocco and like, it was like because I was away from home. Like you know, that was the first time I was away from home, and I just like, oh, got addicted to it, and also just <laughs> felt like yeah. home. You know, kind of yeah. home away from home. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yes. I wonder I what those. that is in in, in Bangla. Marco, if you have that, I'll 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 show you. I'll yeah, show, he'll show me after is. the I'll, podcast I'll, ends. Oh my gosh! All right, I'm like so, googling uh, it right now. But yeah, I, I actually want to know what. Okay, so so we end our episodes off with a little little ten second advice. Can be it can go up to eleven or twelve. Oh, yes. Wait, don't you eat that right. with like cha? Yeah, cha? you can have it with right. You can have it with like try you can crush it and put it in things but yeah it's just like mm. fried we just fried and like yeah oh yeah it comes in different shapes yeah it comes in different shapes yeah good oh, that's a good good, one. good pick all right nice. so so we end off our episodes with a little 10 second advice maybe 11 or 12 second you know depending on how you feel sometimes machine goes on for four minutes but you know we have to cut it short <laughs> for him but um, I'm an insightful man. Yeah, I have a lot to share. You know, it's, it's okay. So we have a little advice session about, you know, it could be related to what we talked about. It can be related to just like anything funny or like your regular life, whatever it is. Just like whatever comes to the head, you know, just like, what would you like to say to our, right. our listeners? You want to go first? Please. I'll go first. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh she has no, no, one. Never mind. She no, has one. No, you're on a roll. Go ahead. Go ahead. Shit, I was going to give you some time. Go never ahead, mind. Go, go ahead. ahead. It's 10 seconds, right? So I'm going to say one thing, which is like, yeah, yeah. believe in your superpower. You have it. And mm. you just need to channel it. Yes. Damn. Priyanka just hit it with the with the fire. Damn. I don't even want to say mine no more. That was really good. I'll give, I'll give one that's not as good. I was just going to say, look, for y'all that got Spotify, take advantage of like the song radio feature like any song that you listen to you can press listen to song radio and it'll give you a bunch of new artists new songs a bunch you probably haven't heard of that have the same type of vibe as the song that you're playing so today i found a bunch of like dancehall artists that i only i only know like a couple i know like three or four i found a bunch more See, I told Shout you, out he, Spotify. He, never, he never says something like relevant. <laughs> like he never keeps it to 10 seconds. Those, like, it's important. It's important. We're talking about, you know, diversity. We're talking about representation. Listen, if you need an introduction to some brand new music, song radios with Spotify, go ahead. All right. You can go. You got Thank anything? You. you probably don't even have anything. I You're got stalling. something. I got something. Mine is take up space and don't take no for an answer. 
you know wow. it that, that, that inspired me because what priyanka said you know a lot of people told her oh don't don't go into this brand this makeup industry because there's a lot of people like you all right so what you can't let that stop you mm, keep I'm going here. and still make your own mark yeah. because everyone has that one unique thing you know we're in a very like oversaturated overconsumption world everything has been done before for the most part that doesn't mean you can't go in don't let that stop your dreams still go in no don't 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 even like you know as true as that may be don't ever listen to like the oh oh it's it's too competitive yeah oh it's it's too saturated oh there's too much there is enough room for anybody to make it as long as you do something really well Mm. you know what you're doing Mm. and and you put in the work there is enough room for anybody that is willing to put in the work and the effort to become great at something Mm -hmm. so don't ever take none of that bs for an answer um you you have space at the table yes all right so if you if you listen to this episode this far they should comment the popsicle emoji for cool no feet. we've done that we've oh, done we that we've literally already. done that we, we gotta that do a different one what's we another do a different what's another one, one. Priyanka, Priyanka what's a, what's a good emoji to summarize this episode we we ha- we post on Fridays we ask our listeners to comment an emoji on our Friday post relevant to the episode what emoji should they drop um they can drop flowers I feel like we always flowers, flowers. flowers drop so. some flowers the drop tulip. some flowers tulip. for Priyanka yes whatever it is ask you know have some range there whatever whatever flower you're whatever feeling, flower <laughs> whatever flower you're feeling where where, where can Good. we find you Priyanka and Kofi Kofi at Kofi.beauty uh Kofibeauty.com and then at Sephora online right now, but coming in store very, very hey! soon nationwide. Yes, at sir. Yes, and sir. in Canada. You heard it here. So wow. Really excited for Canada, that. Toronto. And my my personal Instagram is at Bianca Gunju, but I, as admitted earlier, I'm an introvert, so you're not going to see a lot there. <laughs> occasionally, occasionally, I, I try to post. Occasionally, like every six months, she posts. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hey yo, I'm alive. Her, her I'm alive, guys. Watching Netflix. Exactly. Watching Netflix. Or watching Netflix on a Friday. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, Priyanka, thank you so uh, much for coming to the podcast and sharing so many gems. I feel like it's very rare for, you know, people that look like us to share their struggles and share how they got somewhere and just, you know, share like the authentic um their authentic self behind it. So it's just so nice that you're so open about it and you're not trying to like gatekeep and you just want people to win and for people to feel represented. And again, you know, I love Kulfi. I have been supporting since day one. I'm so excited to see it grow even more and to just like for it to take over the world. Like, I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for giving us your time and for sharing so many inspirational things. Like I will be taking it with me to my own creative endeavors. Yes. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yes. yes. So Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Difficult Dish. Um, you can follow all of us on Difficult Dish Instagram, Difficult Dish Podcast TikTok. Rate us, review us, give us a five, even a six. If you find the button, give us a six, seven, whatever you want to give. And um, we love you. We love you guys. Allah Hafiz. Allah Hafiz.